Hey everyone, I am so, oh no, 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 don't clap for me, don't clap for me, I'm clap for you, I'm happy to be here with you guys here at the Oak Ridge location, I want to say hi to everybody online, everybody at our Kernersville location, because we're talking about sin, yeah, and so I thought since we're doing a series on sin, it, it might be appropriate for us to do some uh, public confessions. We're going to start over here on the left. You know, pass a mic. No, just kidding. Right. Now, seriously, we're going to do some public confessions, and we're going to talk about your driving just a moment. Yeah, this is going to be important. It's going to help you understand you're not alone. And I'm going to ask you, according to a couple scenarios, to raise your hand and to confess to certain things. You need to know you're not alone. Just the way it goes, you know, we'll kind of level the playing field here. And so those of you at our Kernsville location, if you're, if you're thinking, well, he's not here, he won't know. No, Jesus is there, and he's watching. <laughs> so, yeah. For instance, I want you to raise your hand if you feel like 5 to 10 mile per hour over the speed limit is okay for you. <laughs> I think I heard an Amen. Oh, man. So essentially what we're saying is 5 to 10 miles per hour over is an appropriate margin by which to break the law. That's what you're saying. How about some of you are roll stoppers when you come to a stop sign? Like you're you're easing up to it and you're looking, you're looking, you're looking. I'm good. Right? Yeah, not many hands. Oh, sinners. Uh, You see, how many of you see a caution, the yellow light, and you think, I need to hurry up? Right? And you're like, timing. How long has it been yellow? Do I need to, okay, which, which pedal? How long has it been yellow? Yeah, I'm right with you. It's just, oh. All right, how many of you like to uh, tailgate slower drivers? Yeah, here, here, here's the real honesty. How many of you, with a show of hands, slow down on purpose when someone's tailgating you? <laughs> what are we in a hurry for back there? Oh, well. And how many of you like to talk to the drivers around you when they do something dumb and they frustrate you? You talk to them knowing they can't hear you, right? And you're not praying for them. And you're not saying, bless your heart. Just make sure you wave with all your fingers. Mm. Yeah, I am so glad y'all are here. Y'all need this. <laughs> we know. We need this. Today, we're talking about confession. And here's something that's universally true for all of us. Actually, let me just start with three things that are true for every single one of us. It's a universal challenge for all human beings, and it happens almost automatically without us realizing it. First of all, we often think God is like us. Without even realizing it, we project ourselves on God. God feels the way I feel. God thinks the way I think. God agrees with me. We just assume that. And you don't even realize you're doing it. But in regards to God sees sin the way I do. And God sees sinners the way I see sinners. And God sees me the way I see me. Maybe you feel that way. Or God sees sinning the way I do. Oh yeah, me and God, yeah, and I can't believe that, you know, I know God thinks because I think that way. We just assume God is like us. We project ourselves on God when in reality, the truth is, God should be projecting himself on us. We bear his image. We are made in his likeness, right? 
Let me give you a quick example of, of, of something in the Old Testament scriptures that brought this to light to me. Uh, here's a familiar passage of scripture that if you've been around the church any amount of time or uh, you know, been following Jesus, this, this is something that you've heard before. This, this very famous verse comes from the prophet Isaiah. God talking to Israel through the prophet Isaiah said this beautiful, this beautiful truth. When God said, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are way above your thoughts, and my ways are way above your ways. And we all go, oh, that's so true, because he's God, and he's almighty, and he's everlasting. Oh, yeah, that just, oh, I'm so glad God is bigger. And, and we hear that, and it's so true, it's so true. But up until recently, and I would say probably a few months ago, and I tell you this all the time. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing in my faith and learning more and more about who God is. I did not realize the full context of that verse and that passage. The context of that passage is the sinfulness of Israel. The sinfulness of God's people. The verse right before that famous part that we just quoted says this. God says, through Isaiah, let them turn to the Lord, those sinners, all the people that are doing all these horrible things. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And let them turn to our God, for he will freely pardon. Some translations take the Hebrew here and translate it, he will forgive you generously. So God is saying, Come to me, come to me, all you sinners, all those of you who have done these horrible things, I will have mercy on you, I will forgive you generously, and then we get to the famous part, this next verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isn't that interesting? What he's saying is this, when it comes to sin, I don't treat you the way you treat each other. I don't do things the way you do them. I don't think the way you think. My ways are not your ways. So come to me. Come to me. I will have mercy on you and I will forgive you generously. Listen, that is very good news for us. That is very good news for you and me. And that's something I hope you remember today as we go throughout the next few moments together. Don't assume God is like you. God is not like you. Do not project yourself on him. We must allow him to project himself on us. Second universal challenge, that your sin is greater than my sin. Your sin is greater than my sin. My sin is not nearly as big a deal as yours is. If you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we will think that way. And it really is pointless to compare your sin to other people's sin, because here's the truth. The truth is that there's not one sin more or less a sin than any other sin. As far as sin goes, and what is sin? We talked about this in week one. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is missing the mark when we miss the mark. So it doesn't matter how much you miss the mark. You miss the mark, you miss the mark, right? So as far as sin goes, a white lie is no more or less of a sin than murder. They carry different consequences. There's different fallout. But as far as sin goes, so be careful. Be careful. And like, like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, but I ain't like her. I would never do what he did. I would never do what she has done. Never, ever. Be careful not to make that 
comparison. Because the truth is, God doesn't work harder to forgive your, their sin uh, than he does forgive yours. He doesn't look at them and go, oh, no, here they are. This is going to take a while. No. And when it comes to sin, your sin is just as big of a deal as their sin is. The interesting thing is you just choose to sin differently than they do. And they choose to sin differently than you do. What would happen if we would just be bothered more by our own sin than we are the sins of others? What if we were more bothered by our own issues than their issues, her issues? What if we spent more time talking about what we need to work on than we did what she obviously needs to work on and what he should be working on? See, this is, this is a challenge to us. This is, I'm just helping you understand why we need this thing called confession. We assume God is like us, and he's not, and that's good news for us. And we th- often think that your, your sin is, is greater than my sin, bigger than my sin, and it's not. Let me give you one more, if it's here. If it's not, there it is. There it is. We might have a short back here or something. If, if one of our tech people needs to check a plug or whatever, you come on and do this, and you ignore them. So the deal is, we get comfortable in our sins. Without even realizing it, we get comfortable. Because it becomes normal to us without realizing it. And that's why, I mean, your sin doesn't get comfortable to me. I can see your sin. Yeah, yeah, I'm not perfect, but. Now, at first, it wasn't like that. You remember the times when you first began thinking that way, talking to people that way, making those decisions, making those choices, and you would go, wait a second, is this okay? Uh, That felt kind of odd. Maybe I hurt their feelings. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't treat them that way. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And maybe I shouldn't do that. But now, now you do it all the time. Now you think that way all the time. Now you talk to them that way all the time. Now you treat people this way all the time. And it's just kind of the way you are. And it's kind of, you've just developed this habit. And it's normal to you. And you're comfortable without even realizing it. This is why we need this thing called confession. This practice, this habit, this rhythm. Now let me clarify, when I talk about confession in the next few moments, I'm not talking about it in the Catholic sense of confession. And, and let me clarify further, if you have a Catholic background, members of your family are Catholic, I'm not bashing them, I'm not saying negative things, I'm just saying that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about confession going to a priest and confessing to them or or to another pastor. Because the scripture makes it very clear. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we can go directly to God. We can go directly to God. You can go directly to God. This is what this means. You don't need to go through a priest. You don't need to go through me. That's good news for me. I don't have that much time. Right? You, You don't need to go through another man You have direct access to God because of what Jesus has done. Now, there is a role. There is a role. We'll talk about it in just a few minutes. There is a role of confession to each other, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But this thing of confession is about you going directly to God. You might be thinking, why should I confess my sins? You said, Pastor Jonathan, I was listening. The last two weeks, you have said that Jesus took care of the problem of sin, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, if Jesus took care of the problem of sin, then why do I need to confess my sin anyway? If Jesus took care of the problem of sin, because here's why. It's not for Jesus. He's fine. 
It's not for God. God's fine. Jesus, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, took care of all the requirements that God placed on sin. Jesus fulfilled it perfectly. The reason we need confession is for us, me and you. We need healing. We need help. And the practice and the rhythm of confession helps us embrace God's best and come back to the way of Jesus. So we're going to talk about confession, and this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to give you three action words, and they all start with the letter A. I love it when we get to do stuff like this, and we don't do it often. But all three of these start with the letter A. So this is our AAA program for confession, and it's free. First A. This is how we understand confession. Confession is about admitting. When I admit how I have missed the mark. How I have missed the mark of the way of Jesus and God's best. When you admit what your issue is. Acknowledging your sin. Awareness. Self-awareness is key here. Because often we don't see what it is we need to see. We call them blind spots. And you have a blind spot and I have a blind spot. And if you're like, I don't have a blind spot, then you have a blind spot about having blind spots. Because everybody's got a blind spot. And you can't see it in the mirror. Thus, it's a blind spot. And other people have to point it out to you. And as we will see towards the end of our time together, hopefully we will allow God to point it out to us. And so admitting is a big deal. Because we often just don't see our own blind spots. And furthermore, sometimes once we see what it is we need to see, we don't care. Well, it's just the way it is. Well, it's not as bad as theirs. There's, they've got a bigger issue. I mean, I ain't perfect, and I know I need to do it, and I know I shouldn't, and I know I probably should get my act together. Blah, 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 blah. But we dismiss it. We ignore it. And so this admitting is huge. Let's go back real quick to the very first sin recorded for us, the first recorded sin that we know of, in the story from the Garden of Eden in the creation account, and then that beautiful poem of how God... Um, described to us the things that went into play about bringing everything we know into existence. And when it came to people, Adam and Eve, God said, don't do this. And we know the story, right? They did it anyway. They, they rebelled against God. They disobeyed God. They did their own thing. And what was the first thing they did? What was the knee-jerk human reaction they had? As soon as they realized what they had done, they went into hiding. They hid. Look at this. They hid from God. Kind of silly, isn't it? Right? Maybe he won't find us over here. They hid from God. And the, and the narrative tells us that God went looking for them. Where are you, Adam? God went looking for them. God went looking for them, not because God didn't know where they were. It wasn't like, Marco. No. God knew exactly where they were. God wasn't looking for them because God didn't know where they were. God went looking for them because he wanted them to discover where they were themselves. That's aha moment. Admitting what they had done. And that's a hard first step to take. It just really is. Admitting your issues, admitting the sin in your life, fights pride and requires humility. And it's courageous. And it's hard work. It's exposing. But you can't heal and you won't get help. Until you're willing to admit what your problem is. It's just a basic. Often that first step is the hardest. Admitting, 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 admitting. Not sidestepping, not giving any excuse, just owning it. Owning it. 
staring in the mirror and saying, yes, this is how I have missed the mark of God's best for my life. This is how I've missed the mark of the way of Jesus in this relationship or, or in this scenario. Admit. Number two, the second A, agree. Where you now, I admit I have this issue, now I'm going to come into agreement with God that that's not best, that's not the way of Jesus, and I need to make some changes and some adjustments. I am coming to in agreement. I'm coming into agreement with the way of Jesus and with God's best. It's the difference of, I know I have an issue. That's admitting, and often that's hard to do. I know I got issues, but agreeing is going from I have issues to now I know I need to come back and deal with that issue. I know I need to deal with this and come back to the way of Jesus and come back to God's best. It's not just I know I have a problem. It's like I know I need to deal with this problem. God, I need you to help me deal with this problem. Agree. This is where we begin to ask forgiveness of God. Forgiveness, mind you, that has already been 100% provided by Jesus on the cross. Every sin that's ever been committed, the forgiveness of that sin has already been provided. Every sin that you've committed and sins you haven't committed yet until 4 o'clock tomorrow. Just, just picking a number. Every sin you will ever commit, the forgiveness for that sin has already been, already been provided and is available for you. That's how big what Jesus did on the cross. One sacrifice for all sin, for all people, the writer of Hebrews says, one for all. Amazing. So we, we come to God and we ask forgiveness because we are now agreeing with him. This is not your best. This is not your way. Lord, forgive me. And be specific. When you ask God to forgive you, when you ask God to apply the forgiveness that Jesus has already made possible to your account, be very specific. Don't do this whole thing of like, oh, forgive me for all my sins, and forgive me for all my sins, amen. Uh, thank you for this food, and, and forgive me for all my sins, amen. I, I don't know why we do that. We do that because we don't want to leave one out, right? Well, let me ask you a question. Does that work in your marriage? Okay, okay, I'm sorry for everything. I just want us to have a good night and stop having this conversation. Right? Does that work in your marriage? Does that work in your parenting? What are you sorry for? And why don't we ask that question? It's a great question. And it's not for you. It's not for the parent. Right? It's for them. You're helping them come to a place of self-discovery of what they've done and what it means. And so don't, don't just lob this. Eh, forgive me for all my sins. Here, here's the deal. I know where that came from. It came from a misinterpretation of a beautiful passage in Psalm 66. I think it's where it is in the Old Testament where God, where David says, if I harbor iniquity, if I harbor iniquity or sin in my life, the Lord will not hear me. And so we take that as meaning if you have any unconfessed sin in your life, any unconfessed sin, then God won't hear your prayers and, and there's, a, there's a block between you and God. If you have any unconfessed sin, so that freaks us out. So we lobby up the big one, oh, and forgive me for everything, right? That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, if, I mean, whew, I have to have perfect recall? You have to have perfect recall on everything? Good luck with that. The passage is saying, if I 
harbor iniquity. If I wall off certain sins in my life and refuse to deal with them and go, yeah, I know it's an issue, but I ain't changing it. That's just the way it is. It'll just have to be my sin. It'll just have to be my thing, okay? And, and I'm sure God will get over it, and God, and me and God have an arrangement. This is just my thing. This is my little pet sin, and I just kind of take care of it. And, and everything else I do, I do fine, but I'm just going to keep this one over here. When you're doing that, David said, when you are harboring and walling off that's when our relationship with God is hindered. That's a wholly different thing. Be specific. Knowing that, okay, it's not about informing God. It's not like God is surprised when we confess our sins to him and like go, oh, I forgot about that one. No. It's not for him. It's for us and our healing. This is what it looks like to come into agreement with God. Father, I know this is not your best. I, I admit it. I have missed the mark. And Lord, I need you to forgive me and help me. Help me come to this next part, the third A, align. To realign with your way, Lord, to realign with the way of Jesus, to come back into alignment with your best for me in this situation. Alignment. This is where change happens. This is where a change of behavior takes place and you begin to make adjustments and you begin to live in harmony with the way of Jesus and in harmony with God's best for you in that situation where you had missed the mark. Realigning of the way of, with the way of Jesus is all about the quality of your relationship with him. Right? You're wanting to be in harmony, live in step with him. I think when I hear the word align, I think of aligning your tires. You, you know you should keep your tires on your vehicle in alignment if you're like, what? It's the first I'm hearing of this. Hmm, interesting. Uh, it's, it's important, right? If, if, your tires, if your tires are out of alignment, right? They're not going to wear evenly, and your car's going to pull this way, this way. It's going to do funny things, and it can be in alignment that way, that way, that way, that way. There's all kinds of different ways it can be out of alignment, and, and you've got to have that checked, you know, ever so often, just to make sure that everything is performing at optimum levels when it comes to your tires doing what your tires were designed to do and getting the full life out of them. That's what I think of when I think of this and go, hey, that's true for our lives. I'm constantly, constantly, you and I are constantly, because we're sinners, because, because not that we're horrible people, not that God looks at us and go, oh, you're a bunch of screw-ups. No, 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 no. But because we do our own way, and we do our own thing our own way, and we miss the mark, and, and sometimes we do it accidentally, and sometimes we do it on purpose. It's a constant coming back and admitting coming back into agreement, and then aligning ourselves. Okay, now I'm going to get back on track here. Now I'm going to make some changes. I, I, I need to really honor the way of Jesus in this area and honor God's best in this area. One more thing before I begin to take us somewhere else. Confessing your sin does not eliminate the consequences of sin. It's important. And that's, that's a raw reality, but it's true. Okay, just because you're forgiven doesn't mean there's not consequences to your choices. Sin still has consequences, and we often have to deal with those consequences. But the good news is, even when we have to deal with the consequences, God is willing, because of Jesus, to participate with us in journeying with us through the healing process that confession brings, even when it involves unwanted and inevitable consequences. Let me show you what John says. He writes it like this. He says, if we confess our sins, confess, right? Admit, agree, align. He, God, is faithful. He will do it. 
He will do it. Every single time, God will, and he's just. He's fair when he does it. When he forgives us, he's fair about it. He doesn't, he doesn't forgive them more than you and you more than them, and I, won't, I forgave them for that, and I ain't forgiving you for this. And no, 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 no. He, he's faithful, he's consistent, and he's fair to forgive us and purify us. Yeah, I love this word. You know what this means? It's not about perfection. It's about a new start, a fresh start, clean slate. We get to start again. You get a fresh start. I mean, think about that. Wow, this is why. See, here we have a hard time with this. Let me go back to the very beginning because we project ourselves on God. We think God is like us. We think God holds grudges like we hold grudges. You think maybe God has held a grudge on you. That's why your life's not working out the way you want. Because maybe you're you're thinking, oh, yeah, no, God's just as mad at them as I am. God holds grudges. I hold grudges, and God's like me. Don't assume God is like you. God says, my thoughts are not like yours, and my ways are not like yours. I don't treat you the way you treat each other. And that's good news for all of us, including you. Yeah, I'm going to purify you. You get a clean start. You get a fresh start. I know, but there's history. There's baggage. Not with God. Not with God. And then allow him to project himself on us. And what if we started treating each other the way God treats us? Doesn't that sound a little bit like what Jesus was saying when he said, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. Ding, 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 ding. It all begins to come together. Purify you. Purify you from all unrighteousness. All sin. And when God says all, he means all. So for those of you that are going, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been guilty of. God does, and God said all. He said all before you did what it is you did. He said all. And that means all. You see, God doesn't treat you the way you treat other people. God doesn't treat you the way other people have treated you. The beautiful thing. I want to take it one step further and, and, and kind of take this beautiful truth and turn it in the light just a little bit so you can see another facet of it. This beautiful thing of confession that our Heavenly Father will participate with us in. Let me put this back up on the screen. All of this right here. This does not just apply to your Heavenly Father and you and God. If you turn this in the light, what you discover is this is also how you deal with sin with each other. And and remember what we learned? Remember what we learned last week? That's what really God gets really focused on here is, is how sin hurts other people and us. And that's why it's such a big deal. And so when it comes to us admitting, coming to an agreement, and realigning our lives with God's best, with each other, it involves the same confession. In other words, when Jesus' brother James wrote in his letter in the New Testament that we should confess our sins one to another, Interesting, right? Why? Because we offend one another. Because we misstep with one another. So this is what this looks like. This is how you deal with the junk and gunk in relationships. This is how you do it. 
This is how you have a great marriage right here with husbands and wives. When you don't see eye to eye and you're getting on each other's every little love and less nerve. And hey, parents, this is how you teach your kids to deal with conflict with each other and with you. This is how you healthily resolve right here with each other. This is how we confess to one another. We admit, yes, I did this. Yes, you're right. I did this. Not, I'm so sorry that you were hurt by this, like pushing it off on them for being so weak and so frail that they were hurt. Mm, that, no, that's not confession. Just saying, you know what? You're right. I did this. And then agree. And you know what? It was wrong. It was not God's best. It's not the way of Jesus. It's not how I should treat you. It's not how I should have spoken to you. It's not how this should go. And I want you to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me. Not well, you know, we all make mistakes, and uh, I'm sorry that. No, 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 no. It's, I did this. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Really simple. You don't try to sidestep it. You don't water it down. You own it. Coming back into agreement. It's how you do this with each other. And then... <laughs> You align, you realign, you make changes. You don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, right? You give each other a fresh start. You give each other a clean slate, just like God through Jesus has done us time and time and time again. If God doesn't keep score with us, why do we keep score on each other? God who has perfect recall. Get this. Let this sink in. This is not in my notes. This is free. God who has perfect recall misses nothing, doesn't keep score. Why do we do that to each other? May we allow him to impress himself on us. Hmm. In order to be right with each other, I mean, in order to be right with God, it's all this in the last two weeks, in order to be right with God, me and God good, and do this right with God, this confession thing, in order for this confession thing to go right with God, we also have to get this right with each other. And David, King David, gives us a tool to help us. And I want to end our time helping us walk through that tool together. This rhythm of confession, this process, this habit. David writes, it's a beautiful prayer. And it's a prayer I want to give to you, share with you, and ask you, maybe take a picture of this with your phone. It's a prayer that I ask you to embrace. D- daily, even. Regularly, and, but especially right now. David said, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. All this stuff that's going on in my head and my life is creating all these issues. God, search me. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me. Not because you don't know God. Not because you don't know what's going on. And see, not because you don't see. He's not saying that. He's saying, God, help me see what you see. God, help me to search. Help me to to understand what you know. Help me to see about me what you see about me. Help Show me what you know about me, God. God, search my heart and show me. Point out the things. Help me to see the things that are offensive. And then lead me. Bring me back into alignment. Help me embrace the way of Jesus. Help me come back to your best for me. Bring me back into the way I should be going. The way of life everlasting. 
the everlasting way, the Jesus way, the eternally significant way. See, we do this not for God. He's fine. We do this for ourselves. It's for our healing. God already knows your issues, but he wants you to know. And not, not in a way where you're just like, yeah, 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 and you skim over it. No, this is a big deal. We should sit with this. We really should sit with this. This is a prayer that we should simmer in. Just turn it on low and just let it simmer in our lives for a while. Search me. Search me. See if there's anything. Show me what I'm missing. Show me what I have a blind spot to. Show me what I've dis, just disregarded, what I ignore. Show me. Help me to see because I want, I want your best. I want the way of Jesus in my life. And, and, but don't drown in guilt and shame because this is about forgiveness. This is about healing. This is about him saying, I am faithful and just to forgive you and purify you from all that stuff. So when you pray this, when you think of this, where does your mind go? Maybe it goes immediately to a relationship that you need to you need to do some work in a conversation you need to have with your husband, with your wife, with your kids, with your parent, with your brother, with your sister, with your neighbor, with your coworker. You're like, yeah, I, I've been sidestepping that one. I need to have an honest conversation because I can't, I can't get this thing right with God if I'm not willing to do this right with each other. Maybe your mind goes to a choice that you've made recently that you need to walk back. I mean, you can't, I mean, right? Consequences may be there, but you need to come back and, and make, make a different choice now. A decision that you need to reconsider. Um, maybe a job situation. It could be a money thing, right? Maybe you're, and you're like, a money thing? What's that got to do with God? Oh, Jesus has got everything to do with God. Jesus said where your money is, that's where your heart is. Money's a heart issue. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, when you're talking to God, search me. God may put his finger on a dollar sign or a bank account or an investment endeavor or something like that. And, and be careful not to go, oh, no, 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 not that. Anything but that. And God's like, no, you can't, you can't wall off areas of your life. I have access to all of it. Maybe for you, it, it, it's about your health. You think, oh, I need to make healthier choices. Because, see, remember, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's important how we treat our physical bodies. Because this is the body in which we're given to do this one and only life that God has given us to do. We will not be able to fulfill God's purposes for our lives with optimum results if we're abusing our bodies in various ways. I don't know what that is for you. I'm just giving you thoughts. I'm just giving you thoughts, okay? I don't know when you begin to pray, search me, show me what you know about me so I can deal with this, 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 this journey of confession. I don't know where God's spirit will take you, but don't you, don't you want to know? You owe it to yourself. You owe it to the people you love and the people who love you. You definitely owe it to the Lord after all he's done for us through Jesus. I'm getting ready to pray, and after I do, our band, our worship team is going to come out and lead us in a song that is a prayer, as so many songs are. It's a prayer. I want you to just sit in the reality of this moment, and I want you to just pray, search me, show me. 
and help me listen. And as we begin to do this song, pray the words of this song as a part of this process. Father, thank you. I need this. We need this. Father, help us to get real and honest and transparent as we admit how we have missed the mark, how we have sidestepped your best in the way of Jesus in various areas of our lives. Show us what you know about us. And may we come into agreement with you and allow you to apply your forgiveness to us. And then may we realign ourselves and make changes and adjustments with your help, with the power of your spirit, back to the way of Jesus. And may this be a rhythm of our lives. Not just one time, but every time we need it, which is going to be a lot. Father, thank you that you don't treat us the way we treat each other. and we, Your thoughts aren't like ours and your ways are not like ours. We can look to Jesus and see how you treat us and you invite us to come to you. So search us. Help us see what you see about me, about us. And lead us in your way as we confess these things to you. In Jesus' name.